0: We've all had that experience in life where, either from us or from a friend, or you, get, you get into a relationship, usually when you're younger, sometimes when you're older, and the relationship stop, starts taking over your life or your buddy's life, and then they slowly start fading away from you as a friend, and then you, you see them slowly start fading away from their family, and they become more and more isolated in that relationship. To the, to the worst extent, they break up and then that person or you starts turning to some kind of supplement like alcohol to make them forget about it. And then they convince themselves that there's never going to be a relationship after that. And that was the only one that was worth anything for the rest of their life. They're going to be just trying to get recreate that perfect relationship back when on the reality... From the outside looking in, you just think, this this is a terrible situation. This is never going to be good. There's so many people left in the world. There's so many other opportunities for another relationship, and you're stuck on this one. Like I said, I keep – I'm speaking in third person because it could be you. It could be me. It could be – it was me at one time, and it. I've known many friends that have done this, and you just get completely blinded. That was one of the questions on the podcast today. And so we're going to dig through that. We're going to dig through uh, people seeing God in the clouds, which I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to to kind of dig into all different kinds of questions. If you have anything for me, anything at all, music related, relationship related, God in the clouds related, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I have my good friend Chad Warren that's going to help me answer some of these questions today. Really smart dude. Uh, I met him recently because of a crazy ice storm in Texas, and we became friends in a strange way, which I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, Chad is a a cancer survivor that has gone through unbelievable experience with that. He is a CrossFit addict. I won't hold that against him. And he's also the Connections Pastor at First Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. He's a really good candidate. to. Uh, uh, he's also from Montana and Colorado, and currently lives in Texas. So he's a well-rounded speaker um, for this podcast, and he's going to have a a good opinion on a lot of these questions, and you guys are going to like him a lot. So I'm excited. Welcome to the podcast. Yee-yee. I was talking just before we started this podcast. You asked me if I'm a CrossFitter. Yeah. I said, no, I do strength training. I mean, you look like you can handle yourself. So, well, so do you. It's like, <laughs> and, and sometimes you think of, uh, maybe it's the strength training guys. Think of
1: the CrossFitting guys as like adversaries, like those, those guys, they
0: do all kinds of crazy yeah.
1: stuff. It is definitely a subculture. It is. Yeah. There's words and Dude. acronyms. And like right now, we're in the open season. So the CrossFit Open. So everyone's kind of tuned mean? in. So you've got this. It's They claim it's the largest fitness competition globally. So you can do it in your garage. You can go to a, a CrossFit okay. affiliate. And you compete against everybody in the world. And then they'll take... So you do – they'll post one workout a week. So t- this morning – or last night was the first workout, and they'll do three over the next three weeks. And uh, you just get after it, and you see how you rank against everybody in your age, demographic, all that kind of stuff.
0: So comment below if you're a CrossFitter and, you, and you're and you participating in uh, CrossFit open season
1: right now. Yeah. No, is that what
0: you said, open season? It's open. it's open. It's It's
1: the season of the open. It's not okay. like – I mean – some people might so think deer it's deer like hunter. hunting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that if you see a CrossFitter, take aim. Thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> <Yikes.
0: laughs> so the closest connection I have to CrossFit is my, my drummer, Dusty. And I, I don't think – I think he actually is a little bit into it, but he was all into it at one point. And this is about two years ago. Yeah. And he got uh, rhabdomyolysis. Oh,
1: rhabdo. Yeah, and I've
0: heard of it. it was crazy. So bad – it was a day of a show, and he was going to try to make the show – and his, his muscles were swelling. I mean, he looked like he was he got bitten by the most deadliest <laughs> scorpion in South Africa. I mean, it was crazy. His face was puffy. His arm was all puffed up. And uh, he had to go into, I mean, pretty much an emergency situation at the hospital where they had to fix him up and do whatever. It's like over or what. I don't even, I can't even...
1: Yeah, it's something, something about the that blood it, blood and muscle tissue and yeah, breakdown. It's pr- actually pretty rare, but it's it's gruesome enough that when when it happens p- lots of people take notice and they're like, "Okay, that's it. I'm out." Yeah. So, yeah, it's rare. I've I've been coaching for over 2 years. I coach CrossFit, and I've never seen it. So.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. that's
1: something. And then my my personal connection with it is
0: um and you probably know David Goggins. Yeah, well, yeah. as you're uh, you you used to actually really want to be a Navy SEAL. Yeah, and uh, we could talk about that, but but David Goggins, crazy absolute crazy ex Navy SEAL now now author and speaker. Yeah. But uh, I was reading his book and he was talking about this pull up challenge and how many pull ups can you do? And he was like, yeah, he was walking it through like mathematically, like I could do so many pull ups in a minute, and then if I could just keep keep going. And, and have 30 seconds of rest, and then do 20 more, and then rest for 10 seconds, then I could pretty much do pull-ups all day long. So I was reading the book, and I was like, man, I, I could do a lot of pull-ups. I'm pretty good at pull-ups. I, could, I wonder if I could follow this pattern and do you know, do 10 and then rest for 20 seconds, and then do 10 and do rest for 20 seconds. And how, how long could I go, and how many pull-ups could I do? So I started it. On day one, I got uh, tennis elbow from it. <laughs> and it was dude, it it was so painful it was so painful to have that tendonitis that i couldn't even close the car door and
1: just in the one arm yeah just in one okay. arm
0: and i learned later that what happens is and david goggins he he just tore up his hands
1: during pull-ups oh, but yeah, what
0: happens is when you start getting tired you lose your you start losing your grip
1: yep and you're your hand starts kind of rolling on the bar exactly and it's rolling back and forth that's where you tear things
0: yeah so now anytime i do a pull-up now i make sure that bar is all the way into my the bed of my thumb you know as tight as it can go inside there and my my wrists are straight down
1: yeah that's good we should do some pull-ups sometime. all right all right i mean i yeah see
0: that's my problem is my brain will always keep going it's like no i just keep going just keep going it hurts keep going and then I, fight I, I through the pain. up hurting myself.
1: <laughs> well, we can't. Yeah, we're at an age now where things don't yeah. recover quite as fast.
0: Absolutely.
1: But we think we're still, like, in our 20s, and we're good to go. I know. Anyway.
0: And I remember our dads, you know, or at least my dad saying that, and I just thought, you're such an old man. Yeah. I'll like never what, think that. Whatever, Here I am saying whatever. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chad, you're a uh, Montana native.
1: Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised.
0: Northwestern Montana. Yeah. yeah. And so you're a mountain guy. You've also spent time
1: in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did a little stint in the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Pacific Northwest, uh, basically the Rocky Mountains. Somehow you ended up in Texas. Yeah. Well, I my wife is from here. So some argue that I got wise and I, I realized I need to go find a good woman. Yeah. So go to Texas. Yeah. And she's an Aggie, too. Yeah. So there you go. I'm married into all that. I love it. But you're an Aggie too now. Okay. And so that's what I that always means? try
0: to say that is, you know, people say, oh, I wasn't, you know, I, I don't have the opportunity to become an Aggie. And I was like, well, an Aggie technically is the parent of someone that goes there. They're technically the spouse of someone that went there. And then there's a lot of people that could just, that could claim it through some other one degree of separation
1: from the school itself. Yeah. And there's a lot of noises you got to learn, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Th- yeah, there's things that happen w- when <laughs> when you join that. Just
0: noises. I like it.
1: <laughs> Whooping and it's good. Yeah, yeah. Although I get I get pretty into it. My wife says I'm more aggie than she is sometimes because I get pretty fired up. Good. Yeah. i So how long have you been married? Uh, Fifteen. Well, we're in our fifteenth year of marriage. So you know, you know, you know about it. Yeah. Eggs. Oh yeah. Fifteen
0: years. Yeah. So. Chad, you, we met just a little bit more backstory before we get into some questions here, but um, we met in a very unique way. It was the what people are calling the snow apocalypse yeah. down, Texas. And uh, we have a mutual friend, and it was they there was a day in Texas midweek, mid-storm, mm-hmm. when The ice finally subsided enough for people to actually get on the roads. And the day that that happened, kind of everyone in central Texas knew that there's going to be people in need of food and water.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And so me and my brothers here, uh, we decided to go. And the first step was, let's go get a bunch of pizzas. And then through, and I put it on Instagram that we're going to get a bunch of pizzas and give them out to people that are hungry that day, need a hot meal. And then that mutual friend connected you who was actually, you were doing the same thing
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you didn't need so much the pizzas as the able bodies to turn the
1: pizzas out. Yep. And people willing to drive in conditions that were unfavorable. Yeah. So yeah, in my role um, at the church, uh, I got a call from somebody at the County and they said, Hey, now that the roads are becoming drivable, Is there a way that you would be willing to open your doors at the church and start to receive donations and then find a way to distribute those? So that's what we did. We just opened up. And then just as things were developing, that mutual friend uh, of ours said, hey, I have have a buddy who's wanting to hand out pizzas. Can he sync up with you guys and what you're doing? I'm like, sure. Sure. So there were we had been learning about several neighborhoods where there were quite a few people that were in need and, and so, yeah, you and I linked up at yeah at, at, at the corner and grabbed our pizzas and we just started handing them out groceries and sonic burgers and all kinds of stuff.
0: so we, we spent a couple hours that day together doing that, and then later we we texted and and I don't know who said it first, but it's like, man, let's grab some lunch, you know let's grab some tacos, tacos. So we did that. And then I was
1: like, hey, you're a cool guy. And I hope that you maybe thought that about well, me. Well, I just thought you were a dude. I just thought you were a really cool I guy. I am. And you are a really cool guy. But then I thought you were the yee-yee guy. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Like That's you. actually
0: what your text said. The first text was, are you the yee-yee guy? And yeah. I was like, yes.
1: Because <laughs> I'd seen hats and shirts. I'm like, oh, those are cool. And then I didn't know, like, you're a thing. and I didn't know that. Well, then we had lunch again, had tacos
0: again, had some deep conversations, and I was like, man, I have this podcast, I answer these questions, people, all kinds of questions, they'll send them in, and you want to
1: help me out on it. Well, you said, so it's going to be, it would be like us sitting around a campfire in Colorado, and I thought we were going to be sitting around a campfire in Colorado, (laughs) so when you were like, hey, it's just about 15 minutes outside of town, I thought, that's... That's interesting. Maybe we're gonna, you know, road trip or something. Uh-huh. But here we are.
0: Yeah, no, we're not at, we're not at all in Colorado, with the Yee Farm, and I do have some questions. Because you're the Yee guy. I'm the Yee guy with the Yee Farm, answering some Yee questions. That's right. And if anyone listening has a Yee question, of any kind, email GrangerSmithPodcast at Gmail dot Could be about anything. Could be about music. Could be about life. Could be about relationship. Could be about job. Could be. Um, advice could be anything that you would talk about uh, sitting around a campfire and so neither one of us have notes chad has no idea what i'm about to say and i i looked at these just a little bit just to make sure we were kind of in the ballpark of what i wanted to do and um i'm gonna start out i'm gonna start out with the kind of light chat here All right. um, but then i have to remember which ones oh here we go have you ever driven a combine and I have not driven a combine. I have not driven a combine, and I have droned many <laughs> combines for YouTube. And I have uh, some family in Plainview, so I, I used to grow up and go to their farm out in Plainview, Texas, and see them run the combine. And uh, but I've and I've played plenty of shows where they're you know they're, they're there. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're the backdrop
1: <laughs> of the stage. But I've never actually been in the seat and driven one. Have you? I've driven a combine. Okay. So I have family uh, in North Dakota. And so we went and visited them one time. And as a kid, I don't know that you could call it driving it or piloting it or whatever. But then in high school, I worked for a farmer in Colorado and I ran the swather, which is similar to a combine. A combine's taking, you know, corn and stuff, but a swather is cutting hay. And it wasn't, I mean, it was a pretty sweet gig, an air conditioned cab and. Had a CD player, and I would put in <laughs> every morning when I go out there, I put in the soundtrack to Top Gun, yeah, and act like I was firing up the jet. Love it. Just get things rolling and just dial it in. Yeah,
0: me and Chad are the same age, so Top Gun is like you know right down a alley. Um, which
1: there's another one coming out.
0: I know it was actually supposed to be 2020, yeah. and then the pandemic pushed it back. Which yeah. on YouTube now I could say coronavirus now. There was a time, and they just released that, but there was a time when YouTube was demonetizing anything and hiding the analytics of, or the algorithm of anything that said coronavirus. So, what would you call it, the Rona? I would
1: just say the virus. Or virus, everybody.
0: okay. Yeah. You know what we're talking about, virus. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to, to uh, Braden. Doesn't say where you're from, Braden, but I have not. Chad has. I'm assuming you have. And I hope that you listen to the podcast in your combine. I know it's not seasoned right now, but, um, I hope you listen to it in your tractor. That'd be really cool. Um, Hey Granger, I'm from Garnet, Kansas. This is, this, this guy's name is Trevor. And I was wondering what is your favorite kind of rifle to use when you deer hunt? And, uh, what is your choice? God bless. Thanks, Trevor. Shout out to Kansas, everyone in Kansas, another combine state. Hmm. Um, I I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big fancy rifle guy. I and that's because my dad never was. It was never all about the, the best rifle in town. Um, I've shot a lot of 7mm08 and 270. And then lately I've gotten into the 65 Creedmoor. And I have a um, recently I got a Savage Arms 65 Creedmoor which is an ultralight rifle, which is awesome, which would work great in Montana
3: mm-hmm.
0: if you're in the mountains. And I don't even have a, a hunt planned where I would actually need an ultra ultralight, ultralight rifle, but I love it. And it's on the bottom end, like the, the Savage Arms, this one is on the bottom end um, money-wise of the ultralight world. And I think it's awesome. It feels
1: great. And... How about you, Chad? You, I mean, you, that's a big deal. Ultralight rifles yeah. in Colorado, Montana, because you are trekking. Yeah. You are stalking animals. You are putting in miles and miles a yeah. day just to see traces of something. Yeah. When I came to Texas and a buddy asked me to go deer hunting, I wasn't sure what that would entail. Like if we'd be walking across right. wide open <laughs> plains and or <laughs> army crawling or something. But then he puts me in what he calls the executive blind. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? It literally had like a swivel leather reclining chair. Yeah. And we were just going to wait. And I was like, well, what are we waiting for? Is there a certain time of day where they come out? He goes, yeah, when the feeder goes off. (laughs) I was like, so basically we're shopping today. And uh, so, yeah, when I. uh, Shopping, I like it. When I shop in Texas for deer, I use a, my grandpa's, I inherited a a lever action thirty thirty, kind of an old cowboy gun. And love love And then I use a 300 Win mag. Uh, it's a model 70 Winchester uh, for elk hunting is what I primarily yeah. do or mule deer yeah. up in Colorado or Montana.
0: Dude, people are losing their mind agreeing with you when you're talking about shopping for deer. And, <laughs> and it, you know, I, I love, I love deer hunting and I always have. And in Texas, it's typically sitting in a blind and you're, you're hunting a food plot. You could be hunting a feeder and when i started touring and getting outside of texas and noticed that that's like really bad to talk about that for yeah. people outside of texas <laughs> they're like what that's not hunting that's not hunting as as chad from montana would say that's shopping actually yeah and and i thought man i agree i i do like to you know i i love to go and shoot a doe and put a bunch of meat in the freezer yeah if you go for me, that's great because
1: it's a, it's a given you're going to yeah. walk away yeah. that day. Yeah. And I was in a situation where he, I think he calls them coal bucks. Mm-hmm. He needed me to kind of yeah. take out some of the bad genetics or something like that. He's like, yeah, come here, you know, shoot some of the So then he said, before you shoot, send me a picture of what you're about to shoot. And then I'll let you know if it's okay. So, I mean, such a different world where you would sit there, I'd have cell coverage, I would be able to snap a photo, he's in a blind somewhere else, and he goes, yeah, take the one on the right. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're hunting in Texas. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, cold <laughs> buck. It's, yeah, it's, that's, and, and the idea behind it is good. Management hunting is good, because you are, you know, the the number one way to get big antlers out of a buck is refining the genetics. Mm-hmm. So, um, and people look past that a lot and they think, oh, it's all about feed and it's, you know, which is feed is the second, but, but genetics is number one. And, and the only way to really get those genetics is to cull out the, the inferior genetics. Yeah. And take out herd. the other suitors Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, well, cool. <clears throat> got another i'm gonna spread this out i'm gonna spread out the easy ones because i have another one we'll um we'll see time 18 cool so let's get into some meat here chad all
1: right
0: i'm gonna start with this one that the the subject is wavering faith question dear granger just want to say i'm a huge fan of the show and i've listened to every episode dude thank you michael says, um, it gets me through my long shifts at patrolling. I'm a police officer here in Arkansas. Shout out to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the worst that life has to offer through my job and also in my personal life. In 2016, I lost my father to cancer. He was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. In July of this year, I lost my mother. She was shot in her home. My mother was a recovered drug addict who mm-hmm. had gone to prison and got... Uh, Got out and it changed her, completely changed her life. She tried to help anyone in need that she could, and due to this, I have found my faith wavering. I'm a believer in Christ, but due to the things I've seen at work and the tragedies I've faced in my life, I've found my relationship to God is getting more distant. I don't go to church as much anymore or talk to God as much as I used to. My wife has noticed this, and it kind of put a strain on our marriage my wife loves going to church and it's a chore for her to get me to go. Did you go through anything like that with what happened with river and what advice could you give someone to try and get the relationship back with God? And that's from Michael. Hmm. Um, First of all, thank you for your service, Michael, you're out there uh, protecting the community in Arkansas. Um, Thank you for your service and thank you for, being able to endure what you see uh, for the sake of protecting so many lives, uh, keeping so many people safe. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I even know what you have seen or what you've gone through. And I know that there's a lot of law enforcement that listen to this podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you to, for everyone. And, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Other than that, that being said, it is still a common question that you're asking that you don't have to see what you see or be in your line of duty to have your faith wavering or to to due to loss in the family, uh, strain in the marriage, your wife wants to go to church, you don't. I would think this is pretty common. This is a pretty common American uh, man wavering. That could be just as equally women. Um, So the danger here, first of all, is is being angry and blaming God for any of this. Hmm. And what has happened is when these events these events have changed you in some way, then your first reaction was to move away from God and to talk less to God. And these are your words. God's getting more distant. I don't go to church. I don't talk to God as much as I used to. And in fact, you're almost answering your own question when you say, how do I get closer to God? I'm not talking to him as much.
3: Hmm.
0: Right? Well, that'd be the first kind of thing that I think of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can certainly distance ourselves from him as we pull away. And I think you're right. It is, it is. One of the most common things that people will wrestle with within the faith and outside of the faith is if there is a good and all powerful God that created everything, and why is there why do bad things happen? Why is there evil? Why is there so much brokenness in a world that He created? And if He's all powerful and all good and all loving. And has the power to make that all go away. Why doesn't he do that? I mean, that that's the... Probably the most common question I could think of for absolutely. a non-believer. Yep. Right. And those that do have a faith in Christ, that's going to be one of those things when they encounter situations where they are up, you know, right in the midst of pain and personal tragedy, uh, evil, they're going to... That's what's going to start to shake things because they're going to go, why would he let this happen? Yeah. Why is this going to happen? Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of things that I think about that, first of all, the, one of the main parts of the question is, well, who's responsible for the bad thing that happened? Who's right. responsible for the evil that we experience in this world? And we know uh, the, the Bible isn't, it's not a mystery in the Bible. It's no. we, first a part of God, designed this whole thing and he said, it's good. It's perfect. It's going to run absolutely beautifully. And he's the author of truth, of goodness, of beauty. It's humanity that said, you know what? I think I'd like to give it a shot on my own. I'd like to try things my way. So as soon as we depart from God's design of the family, of the way that we interact with other people in our community, the way that we interact with money, the way that we uh, you know, use technology, anytime we say, I'm going to try it my way, as opposed to God's way, it's always gonna to lead to brokenness. Yeah. And then we we experience that brokenness and we go, Man, things aren't right. Things don't work. Why why don't they work? And then we, these these man-made attempts to try to fix the brokenness only lead to more brokenness. Yeah. So God's solution is He He shows up on the scene and He demonstrates through the the ministry, the life of Jesus Christ that this is this is the way out we're going to return to God's design and so rather than human efforts that lead to more brokenness so good such a good word and and it's what's awesome Michael is that you say in here
0: I'm a believer in Christ Christ was a suffering Christ he demonstrated coming to to this earth being in the flesh and suffering suffering just just like you're suffering. Hmm. And then he says, follow me. Do, do what I do through that suffering. So if, if I could sum up what I'm going to say to you, I'm going to say, dude, you're not alone. Your, your question is valid. Here's how I can answer it for you. Because you did bring me involved in this question. I'd say, God is distant. You don't talk to him anymore. Fix that. Talk to him. Hmm. Get on your knees. Crawl to him. Then, secondly, open your Bible. Open your Bible. You're going to find your story on every page. It's really hard to not find your story in the pages, right there, Mm -hmm. in every page. You're going to find stories of suffering and glory and grace and redemption and restoration and love and wrath. You're going to find it all on almost every single page. And you're going to—the Bible is one of these books where— you you open most books and you think, what can I what can I find out? What could I lo? what could I know and what can I learn from this book? In the Bible, you open it up and you go, actually I think this book already knows me. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, right? right. It's, it's really weird. This book knows me. Like, dude, Michael, you're gonna open this up and go, That's 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 me. I'm that's me. That's that's what I that was the question in the podcast, and there it is, there's my answer. Now, is it going to talk about what you've seen on duty? Is it going to talk about your dad in 2016? No, it's going to to have very similar stories for you
1: and an example on, on how to live and where to go from here. And the reality that in God's economy, as we follow Christ, it's not going to be absent from suffering from trial from struggle yeah it's promised it's promised that when this happens consider it pure joy because it's testing the genuineness of your faith do you really believe and i think of your story and even in in the recent announcement uh and the new adventure that you guys have yeah that there's absolute pain and at the same time there's joy yeah and I was thinking about that when you guys made that announcement, and I was like, there is a word that we can't capture in the English but exists in the Greek. And and so there's no mutual – there's no, like, equal or equivalent word. So it takes two English words to translate this, but there is this, this term in the Greek called karmalupe, and it means simultaneous deep sorrow and, at the same time, happiness. Dude, mutually, like at the same time. And in God's economy, what he says is the things that you face in this life that are absolutely unquestionably painful. And you go, I would never want to do that again, but I'm glad it happened. It's because of God's economy. That's how he prunes. That's how he uh, gives us strength. That's how our roots go deeper and deeper. Just, I mean, an agricultural analogy. We have these plum trees in our backyard, we inherited them when we bought the house, these trees, and they were not producing plums and they were just growing everywhere. So, my wife starts reading and she's like, You know, I think we're supposed to put, uh, you know, mulch down and some other stuff like that. We need to trim these things, prune them, and apparently that's gonna. And I'm thinking, So, you mean we're gonna cut the trees? Yep. And we're gonna throw chewed up dead trees, as <laughs> in mulch, around the base of them, and somehow that's gonna work? and absolutely so she got to half of them so the next season came around and the ones that she pruned and she put down the mulch they were vibrant they were producing plums the other ones were overgrown still not producing so there's in, even within the creation the way that he's wired this whole thing that we're going to face adversity and that's going to test the genuineness of our faith and it's going to produce more life to come dude so
0: good i love tree analogies yeah, right <laughs> we'll
1: be right back <laughs>
0: This podcast is free for anyone that wants to watch it or listen to it on whatever app or whatever platform you want. Unfortunately, it's not free for me to make. I'm very blessed to have sponsors for this, today's episode. And the first one is features. You guys have probably heard me talk. If you've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about features. Have you ever had socks that just kind of slip down into your your shoe during the course of the day? Yes, everybody has. Uh, Has a blister ever stopped you from performing your best at a workout or a run or playing some kind of sport? Yes, everybody's had that. Uh, has foot pain ever slowed you down? Are you picky about your footwear, but you believe all socks are made exactly the same like I used to when I just go to Walmart and get some socks? This pretty much includes everybody, right? And that's where Feature steps in. They are obsessed with making the perfect sock and you're, you're quickly going to become obsessed with their socks too. I started wearing Feature's when they shipped them to me. I didn't know anything about it when I was going to start talking about it on this podcast. And I was like, Wow. These are really good. They perfectly conform to your foot and that has like these little tabs that fit perfectly around your ankles, whether it's the ankle socks or the, the mid-high or the knee-high, whatever you want to get. They have this targeted compression and they call it an anatomical design. I don't even know what that word means, but it fits really good. That's what I could say with targeted compression. They're engineered to help you achieve your best every single day, whether you're working or you're just out on the go. It acts like it's hugging around the arch of your foot, keeping your sock in place and preventing it from bunching, slipping, or sliding down into your shoe. The design conforms to the left and right shape of your foot, depending on which one it is, creating a custom-like fit that keeps your sock in place so you could focus just on your workout or whatever you're doing. Every step is cool, dry, and comfortable. These things have a lifetime guarantee. They're so durable and long lasting that if, if you're ever unsatisfied at any point, they're just going to give you a replacement pair, which is awesome. No questions asked, guaranteed or the to be the best socks you've ever worn. That's what they're saying. They're family owned. It's a really good company, and they're challenging you. To, they're challenging you to try a pair. And if you don't think they're the best socks you've ever worn. They'll take them right back. So they're so confident that you're going to love their socks. They're going to give my listeners of the Granger Smith podcast $10 off your first pair of features when you go to features.com slash Granger. That's features. It's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash Granger for $10 off your first pair of features. It's also brought to you by Sunday. This is a really cool company that I just learned about as well. And I've had so much time at home because of not touring. I think you guys have heard I've put out a garden. I've been working so much. We're we're building the house. I've been able to really work on making the yard just like I want it. And I've loved having that time. It's, It's just good, relaxing time to be able to go out and work in the grass. Now, Sunday is a lawn care product, but it's more than just your typical lawn care product. It's customized lawn plan that works with nature. They take all the guesswork out, all the unwanted chemicals, so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, and the planet. Now, what they do is they basically, you fill out exactly where you live, and they will look at that geographical location, put it into their big computer or whatever whatever they do and they send you a free lawn analysis and th- th- it says you need this and and they make your special product that goes exactly with your lawn and your grass and your region and your state and your soil type and all that. I don't even know how they know all that but it's some big database and then they ship you your product which is awesome all you have to do is go to sunday.com put in your home address for your free lawn analysis tool, and they'll they'll take care of the rest in just seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan, so you get all your stuff your lawn needs and nothing that it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients you could actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, molasses, so you can grow better and also feel better about it. They explained exactly they explained to you exactly what you get and why, and everything is straight to your door, right when you need it, right to your doorstep, which is awesome. All you have to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. Lawn care used to take up my entire day. Now it takes less than 15 minutes. And I know I'm doing it right. Best of all, the stuff really works. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of your growing out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit sunday.com slash Granger to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash Granger. And last but not least, we have Athletic Greens as a sponsor. Again, this is such a great company. And I need to tell Chad about this too. And it, I, I've been making these morning shakes for about 10 years now. I've been making uh, some kind of protein, some kind of banana or apple or um, kale or something green. Or that it just like gives me this, this really good um, nutritious boost every morning. Now, I've been doing this so long because it actually works. What happened is Athletic Greens figures this out. They contact me and they say, hey, we have this really cool product that's a a scoop of this green powder. Sounds gross, but listen, it contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increases your energy and focus, aids with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. Now, you could do this any way. You could take this little pouch that they give you or a scoop. It comes in two different ways that I have it. You can put it straight in water. Mix it up, boom, good to go. It doesn't taste bad. It actually tastes kind of sweet. So you could do it that way, or you could do it like my way. And this is just me personally. I like to put it in my shake. And it actually gives a really good flavor to it. And for those of you that have never had anything like this, um, I can understand how it sounds crazy but it really does taste good. And even better than that, you start feeling better. So it's, it's lifestyle friendly, whether, however you eat, whether it's keto or paleo or vegan or dairy-free or gluten-free or tons of hamburgers. It contains, lo- one, it, excuse me, it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. So you can't beat that. Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system throughout all these crazy winter and spring months. They're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit my link today, you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with that Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health every single day simple, tasty, and efficient. Visit athleticgreens.com granger and join health experts, athletes, health-conscious go-getters like Chad, and wannabe's like me around the world and make your daily commitment to good health. Again, visit slash Granger and get your free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. I promise you guys are going to like this. All right, this question comes from Connor. It says, Hey, Granger, I want some advice about something. I want to be a veterinarian, but that costs a lot. And it takes a lot of time, and at the same time, it's my dream job. Can you help me decide if I should become a veterinarian or not?
3: Hmm.
0: Connor, shout out, buddy. Um, you don't say where you're from, but, um, but I do know that your email comes from a school district uh, website. So you're still in school, and I'm assuming that you want to be a vet. Let me just assume. You don't say, but I'm assuming you want to be a vet because you love animals. You love helping animals. And it's your dream job because you genuinely want to, uh, to go into that field and make a difference. And I want to tell you that you don't have to be a vet to do that. So it's not, just so you know, it's not just about helping animals. There's a lot more to being a vet. I've actually talked to uh, friends that, that went into vet school and then realized later how difficult it is when they went in with the mentality of they just want to help animals. They, they find out that you go, say you're a small animal vet, mm-hmm. someone brings their dog in and it has really bad hip dysplasia. And you say, okay, well, we're going to have to perform surgery. It's going to be about 1500 bucks. And the person goes, eh, ah, just put them down. Mm. It happens. And the vet goes, well, no, I could do the surgery. I, I could make this flawless. I could make this dog great. Mm-hmm. Ah, I just can't afford 1500 bucks. Just go ahead. And what's the next step? Put them down.
1: And guess what you have to do? Put them down. And that's hard if you love animals. Yes. And you know you can help them. You have the tools. Yes. So Connor, are you aware
0: of that? That that's a little wrinkle in in this dream. Maybe that's maybe you're totally fine. Maybe you know exactly what you're getting into. This is what you want to do. So um, first step, coming from a student email, dude, I would work on your grades. I would I would concentrate on your biology and your math and if that's truly your dream then study harder and longer than your friends and you could offset that cost of a vet school with forms of scholarships but none of that's going to happen unless you make that effort right now in your grades and it's a sacrifice so much of life is a sacrifice
1: and it sounds like working on math, biology, grades, and your why, Like, it, right? Mm. The, w- yep. We're assuming yeah. it's because you love animals. What? Yep. What's your why? Mm. And that's going to help you figure out, is it worth it? The cost benefit of, okay, my why is pretty strong, I'm dialed in. And then maybe you need help figuring out your why, so maybe a part-time job is... You go to the local vet and say, "Hey, I'll empty the trash cans. I'll do it, whatever so it takes, so just good. to be around it." And you can learn within that field. Maybe being a vet isn't the thing. Maybe there's something else within veterinary medicine good. that is a better fit for your personality. That, it's similar to medicine. So good. I've learned of people that they thought they wanted to be doctors, but then they realized, no, yeah. nursing is where because I want to be doing direct patient care.
0: Seek wise counsel. That's that's great. Yeah. So go to go. I mean, there's plenty of vets. Go to the go to the local vet and go till till someone tells you yes, you want to empty the trash until someone goes yeah. we need a guy to empty the trash and soak up one or two hours every weekday, watching, learning, talking to the actual vet that's there, okay. and um, and part of that discussion will be. How do you, how do you afford for school? How do you, what, what do I need to be working on right now where, where I am in my life in high school? And uh, you're going to get a lot of those answers. So good question, Connor, and uh, good luck to you. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. This question comes from Justin. He says, Hey, my name is Justin Taylor. And I saw your last podcast. I have so many questions. I've been wanting to ask you for a long time and just never got the courage to ask anybody. But let me give you a little short story of my life. I live in Cliff, New Mexico. I'm 19 years old. I live on a cattle ranch. I'm hurting over a broken up relationship. Mm -hmm. It lasted for eight years. I can't stop thinking about her. It's a constant pain. She's moved on, but I guess I haven't. And since this has been since June of 2019. I'm still feeling like I'm about to have a heart attack basically every day. The only time I don't feel anything is when I'm in a 12 pack of beer or whiskey or whatever other alcohol I can get my hands on. And because of that, I've lost my best friend and some other really good friends. I've lost family and I'm losing important people in my life and it's all over the alcohol. And the thing is it's making me worse. And I don't know how to handle that anymore. Hmm. And his, his uh, signature on his email says, Fire and Rescue, Silver City, New Mexico. So shout out to Justin and New Mexico and um, Silver City Fire and Rescue. Thank you for your service once again. And I'm going to say this again, like I said earlier. This is a common question. It's not to to diminish at all what you're going through it's it's uh very very heavy what you're going through but i would say the good news is it's common this is this is something that a lot of people are dealing with or have dealt with or have a friend or have a family member or a neighbor you mentioned one today your barber Mm -hmm. that is dealing with this or has dealt with it or uh it's it's um it's very human of you. And thank you for trusting us with the question. 19 is young.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's young. My first question is, dude, eight years, <clears throat> a relationship, eight years old, and you're 19? That started when you're 11? I mean, that's that's the formative years. Man, that's your entire teenage life was with this girl. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, understandable how you're you're really broken up about it. And I wish... Man, it's so hard. It's so hard to listen to someone else tell you that this too shall pass. It's so hard to hear that. And I'm just speaking about the relationship part of it, not the alcohol part. Just the relationship part, man. Hmm. It, it, as a as a friend, as a brother, is sitting around a campfire, I would I would say, "Dude, you're going to find another girl. There's going to be another another love of your life." And one there, that's a lot better.
1: <laughs> there's three billion women on this planet. Yeah. Three there's, billion with a B. There's another one out there.
0: And I know in your mind, you hear that and your first thought is, yeah. not like her. Mm-hmm. Not like her. Dude, she's uh-huh. one in three billion. That's right. Brother, well, I could tell you and everyone can tell you, uh, if you listen to any country music song, this you, you're going to find another one. But but you have to you have to have the self discipline first of all to to continue your life and move take the next step forward and that has really hung you up and you you fell into the the best most sinister snare and that's that alcohol could numb you from your current reality so mm-hmm. you're escaping reality you're escaping the fact that all you really need to do is take the next step forward in your life, in your job, in your fr- with your friends. And you're escaping that responsibility uh, and retreating into
1: something that's numbing you and, and only prolonging the pain. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It doesn't, it doesn't, it mutes pain, but it doesn't yeah. re- dissolve or resolve the pain. And so when that mute stops, then you're still left right there where you were, and sometimes in an even worse position. And I think sometimes, I can remember heartbreak in high school, and one of the challenges in moving forward was coming to grips with the fact that my, I had identified as a as a person in a relationship, I was the boyfriend of so-and-so we had history, we had memories, we had experiences and all of a sudden coming to grips with the fact that although that was the case, that that identity no longer exists. And so the path forward is realizing your identity apart from anybody. Yeah. Who are, who are you? Yeah. And, and starting to create some experiences and recognize what you like what what you want to do who you are apart from anybody so that when the next relationship comes cuz there is a when there is another there is a next one and when you get there you're going to have a better understanding of what makes you tick and you're probably going to have a better opportunity to identify who who do you pair, you know, who who's yeah. the right
0: Yeah, what's awesome, man, is that what this girl has done for you is narrow down your scope of who is right for you. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you realize that, that it wasn't a wasted eight years, which is really long, by the way, (laughs) it's a long time, but it wasn't a wasted eight years. It was a learning experience that gets you that much closer to, to the right one. If any of your friends, your best friends, sat down, and told you your story back to you that that was their story Hmm. what advice would you give them because it's it's like i said it's so much easier to give that advice but what would you tell them you'd say you're ruining your friendships you're ruining your your family that you do have you're 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 walking on a dangerous tightrope right now with alcohol that could lead to alcoholism and then you could never touch the stuff ever again Hmm. and that's that that's a whole different story. You're going to ruin your your opportunity to ever have a cold beer with one of your friends hmm. with it without it being a problem. And that could start now if you continue this numbing. You could always keep digging down. If you think it's bad, it could always get
1: worse. Yeah. And and like you said, you're you're messing with the now and the future. As you yeah. dwell in the past, in the past eight years, and you're hanging on to stuff that, man, you want to learn from that, and maybe you need to identify some things you could have done differently, or the way you uh, interacted or treated, or things you said, and there's there's a role that that should play, but it's not where you live. You don't camp out there. You don't hang out there. You learn from the lesson, and then you move and you keep going because there is a next day, and the sun will come up tomorrow. Yeah, and you got to be you got to be ready to to face that day when the sun does come up,
3: dude.
0: I would, uh, I would encourage you, man, to
3: –
0: there's nothing in, you, in your email that mentions God. I would encourage you explore that. What do I mean? I mean, hey, God, it's Justin. I've never really talked to you before. I'm really hurting. Hmm. I've heard some people on this podcast that talk about you. I don't really know what to think. I don't really know if I believe it. But right now, I need you because I can't fix this myself. I'm going down a a dark tunnel. God, can you fix this? Can you show me what to do? Where to to put the one foot after the other? Can you show me that? If you say that with sincerity, I would be really curious for you to email back to to this podcast. If you give that that kind of true sincerity. I'm talking about in your bathroom, on your knees. Hmm. What what else do you have right now, Justin? What do, you, what do you have to lose than dropping straight down to your knees? And that is not a bad place to be. That's not a bad place to be. Nothing else to lose. All I got is this, God, what, what do I have here? That's a, that's a common story. And... Um, i'm i'll just be curious to see what would happen and i'm not talking about some weird writing in the sky or something i would be interested to see if you feel peace from that and what that would lead to what the next step would be with you and uh losing your friends losing your family like you said in this email that's a uh,
1: I mean, that's all your, you got. Your support network is yep. is gone and
3: yep.
1: yeah, the, the pain and loneliness you feel now is probably minimal compared to what it will feel like yep. in a month couple of months if you keep going this way.
0: Yep. Yep. Dude, you are I know you're a good guy. I know that you're uh, you're you work for fire and rescue. You understand self discipline, you understand priorities, and I would I would I would wake up tomorrow morning and go, today, I'm starting fresh. I'm starting fresh. I'm going to brush my teeth, comb my hair, put on my shoes. I'm going to go to work, and I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to, I'm going to take that relationship, and I'm going to say, this is, this is uh, what I learned. And I'm going, I'm going on. I'm moving forward with what I've learned. I'm a wiser, smarter man. And I would
1: get on your knees in the, in the bathroom and say that prayer too.
0: That's me. That's and, my campfire thought.
1: And it's interesting that in fire and rescue, you you exist to help other people. Yep. And a lot of times when we're in pain, we we focus on ourselves, and we just hang out there. It's amazing when you turn your focus away from self in the midst of your pain and just look for the, who's the next person I can help. Yep. Who, who can I serve? Who can I engage with? And all of a sudden, we start to forget about our pain or our situation, and we start to invest in other people. So, man, cut with the grain on this one. Yeah. He's clearly wired to help and serve people. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Just do the next right thing Right. as Justin, you wake
0: up. email back. Email back. Um, go through a 24-hour day like this and email back, and um, I want to see what you say. Amen. Yeah, Thanks for thanks for the email. Do we'll do another one, Chad?
1: Sure. Let me see. Was that one of the softball questions? No. Oh.
0: <laughs> uh, they get heavier than that, but I'm going to go, this is not, this is not too heavy, but I did find the question interesting, and I do, I think if I address it the way I want to address it, I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Oh. Right?
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, here we
0: go. Sorry. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I actually don't know how you feel about it either, but but I, I, I kind of know you. I feel like I know you. All right, so the subject, godly advice. It says, Hey, Granger, I'm writing you from North Carolina. My husband and I are at a crossroads and need some godly perspective. We are both born and raised in North Carolina, and all of our family is here. However, we don't have the closest relationships with our families. We visited Texas twice this year. Long story short, it's been my dream to move out west. And since actually visiting in June, the desire has become stronger. I always pray for God's will to lead us in the right direction in all things, and specifically ask for his confirmation on this move. And shortly after our visit in June, I began to see cowboy hats in the clouds. A few days after that, my husband saw what looked like a hand holding the state of Texas. We have our jobs sorted. We have... Two kids, eight and four, and we would like to make a concrete decision before our four year old begins uh, kindergarten, which will be in the fall. My question is what do we do? How do I explain that if this is God's call, uh, which I strongly believe it is, then how do we obey? Appreciate the time. Love you guys.
1: And uh, they make bumper there. stickers that say, I wasn't born here. But I got here as soon as I could, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe that's the situation here. You you came to Texas, as we said, from another state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, if you end up making this transition, you probably won't regret it in regard to the people receiving you yeah, and the friendships that will welcome you yeah. and the way that Texans, man, they're just warm, welcoming people.
2: Thank and you. yeah,
1: good people. Um, the the challenge, I think, and and it sounds like you don't necessarily talk about the tension, but it sounds like the tension is you've got a huge family, or you've got family in North Carolina that that you feel this obligation or this kind of this tie. Like I need to, we need to stay here and do this, but at the same time, you feel this pull to Texas, and so. You know the the thought is make sure you're not you're not running from something, but you're you're going to something I think is an important component when you're making a transition and also make decisions that are the best for your immediate family think about your kiddos, yeah. think about you and your husband and your marriage like ultimately is this what is best for that immediate family and Anything, it would be a blessing for your family, in North Carolina, to have someplace cool like Texas to visit.
0: So yeah, so yeah, to, to answer your question, and let me say, um I haven't said your name yet because it's Cecily. Is that how you'd say that? Cecily, Cecily, Cecali, um, Cecily, Cecily. That sounds better. Maybe we'll... Cecily. Yeah. So uh, I'm so sorry for for saying that. Um, so yeah, the reasons to move to Texas are strong. You got good reasons. Um, your your job is flexible. Um, the schools in Texas are, are great. Um, North Carolina is awesome too. So are, you're actually going there tomorrow today. Yeah, <laughs> we leave this today. afternoon. Going there. there today. Uh, but um, the reasons for moving seem strong. We've talked about moving many times on this podcast. You are asking for godly advice, and that's the title of your email. And that you're wanting godly perspective from us. You ask for it, you're going to get it. And, and so oh, all the all the other things, that, you know, if we're just going to talk about the material reasons, uh, components, to me, I think it's great. You're you're good. This is where I have a problem, and this is where people are going to get mad at me. But when you start seeing cowboy hats in the clouds, it becomes pagan wishes. That mm-hmm.
1: becomes fortune telling in a way. Well, I think what it is is you're you're seeing what you want. Yeah, right. You're the longings of your heart. You're looking for word, something external word, that that will fulfill that desire, and then ra- like, okay, we've got reason to do it. Oh, we're getting the oh, we're getting had, the good book. I don't
0: typically do this, but you you I don't typically do this, but you can't always take my word for it. You have to take the word for it, and so Amen. W- what I think of when I think of because you're asking here, um, where did you say it? If this is God's call, how do I explain if this is God's call, or uh, in other words, God's will? And I think you did say will another point in this in this email. So let's go to to Romans twelve two, where it says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind." that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the danger here is following your heart. Mm -hmm. Follow your heart. The world always wants to say, follow your heart. But, But the Bible says the heart is evil and you need to conform your mind, the renewal of your mind. Don't conform to this world, excuse me, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so I wouldn't follow like symbols in the clouds and and your and your husband seeing the the state of Texas in their hands I, I could go out here right now Chad and look at the clouds and find enough shapes to make me feel like whatever I'm thinking is reality. People have done that since the beginning of the time They've, they have found yeah. uh, constellations in the sky to pretty much match any symbol or shape that they want it to right. be. And that is paganism. That's not, it's a different question. That's fortune telling. That's looking to the stars. That's astrology. Instead of when you're looking for God's will, he says, transform the the renewal of your mind. So that's very different than, should I just lay here on this green grass and look at the sky long enough for God to just tell me that Texas is the right place? Mm Mm-hmm. I say it when I think that I don't want people to get mad at me because,
1: because can God do that?
3: Yeah, he of could. course he, he can. He could
1: shape a cloud. <laughs> yeah. He could absolutely do that. Right? Yeah. When I interact with people uh, in, in a pastoral role, they, this is a very frequent question, right? I, mm. I want to know God's desire for me. Is God calling me to this or that? Um, is this a sign or is that a sign? And, Oftentimes, we're waiting for something that is external to the word of God and what he's clearly prescribed for us to to do. Hmm. And we want to find some external thing that's going to kind of give that affirmation. But, you know, you talk about the heart is one of those things that, man, we have to renew our mind. In In Psalm 37, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we oftentimes read that and go, Okay, so if I just kind of do what God wants me to do, then I can get that. That brand new Ford F1, whatever, where I can get that, the thing that I really want. What that psalm means is if I delight myself in the Lord, well, the seed of delight is in the heart. So if I'm actually delighting in the Lord, then He is the desire of my heart. Mm. And I've aligned myself with Him because He is what is good, true, and beautiful. And so as I seek Him, as I press into Him, and He is my delight, then man, it doesn't matter where I go or what I do, because he's my delight. And so my encouragement is always, are you delighting in the Lord? Are you truly seeking the Lord in this decision? And the doors will open, the doors will close, opportunities will present themselves. And as long as it's not just overtly sinful or contrary to God, you can probably go do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to that, I would say your your point of action would be exactly what Chad said. If, if there's nothing constricting you in any kind of way, then say, all right, God, it feels like the doors are opening to Texas. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to put the house on the market. We're going to, we're going to start looking at real estate. Like just take one step. You don't have to think, should we, or should we not just start with a house, start with a city, Mm -hmm. pick a town and go, okay, all right, God, I'm going to start looking at real estate in, in Houston, Texas. And if you're not supposed to, if that's not part of God's will, he's not going to open anything up to you. Yeah. He's going to make that very difficult for you. So instead of looking at the clouds, use your brain, use your brain, use your mind and, and go, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm sober minded. I'm looking at the world. I'm looking at real estate apps and I'm going to go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to move forward and God keep continue to open the doors. I need to walk through and close the ones that I don't.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And, before you know it, you're going to get your answer. And I have done this thing. I have done this. I have said, all right, God, I feel like this, this house, this happened a year ago, guys, God, this house, it feels like this is right. So I'm going to go ahead and start getting the loan together and start moving on mm-hmm. this house and get the contract on the house. Okay. We're, we're continuing on selling our house. All right. right, we're you know, God, I'm not looking at the clouds. I'm not looking at tarot cards. I'm saying all right we're going to go ahead and move forward and then coronavirus hit our <laughs> house wasn't going to sell we fell out of contingency i fell out of the contract and it's like okay there it is <laughs> there's the closed door yeah. you know it's not as hard as tarot cards that's easy there it
1: is and sometimes we the door remains open we walk through it and we fall on our face and it doesn't work out and we go oh yep. man i blew it am i outside of god's will because we decided to do this but realize no, we, as we walk with the Lord, even if it doesn't work out in human standards, God uses everything for His glory, for His good, and to shape us into the image of His Son. So it's going to work. If you move to Texas and, man, it's not what you thought it was, it's exactly what God knew was going to happen, and He's going to use that in your life.
0: And guess what? North Carolina's not going anywhere right it's not going anywhere you can go right back to north carolina and don't worry about kindergarten right i I don't think like it's a legitimate concern on your part emailing and saying you're you're you want to do this before you're forward man kids are so resilient
3: Mm -hmm. you could
0: start your kid your kids could go to could go to school and my kids have done this we've we've changed schools uh twice and you could move to another one they might your four your eight-year-old might kick and scream a little bit but they're going to make new friends, and they're going to be resilient, and they're going to fall into a new place. Sometimes as parents, you just have to be flexible. And although we want to be concrete before the, the four-year-old starts kinder, that's a good thats a good map. But you don't have to hold that as gospel. You don't have to hold that as—what's best is the longevity of your family and, and where you're going to be for a long time. And there's kindergartens, and there's great teachers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great question. That's a good word. Yeah. Thank you for, for emailing. And, um, dude, Chad, it's been, it's been fun. This is a blast. Yeah. We're going we're to go get tacos again one of these days, and then we're going to get on this podcast again. If you want to see more Chad, say uh, more Chad. And if anybody has any, any more questions, or if you have a Chad-specific question, that could happen. Maybe you're from Montana. You have a Chad-specific Montana question. Maybe you're mad at him for uh, calling hunting shopping in, in Texas. Uh, e- email Podcast at gmail.com and uh, tell me you want Chad, and we'll definitely have you back.
1: Cool. This has been fun. Yeah, dude. It this was a blast.
0: See you, brother. Yeah.